Interested in supporting this podcast? Just go to patreon.com under Jason Gallant. Get mantra and meditation mp3s at jasongallant.ca. Today I'm going to speak to you about the scariest aspect of spirituality, and enlightenment really. Not the spiritual tourism thing that is mostly going on in a lot of the new age circles. <laughs> a lot of stuff about micromanaging your life and how to make things better, how to, how to improve stuff, how to, how to make you feel better, more comfortable about everything. That's, that's really more spiritual tourism. It is catering very much to the ego. It's catering very much to the status quo and helping you stay in your life in a moderately comfortable, possibly depressed way, but at least you're maintaining things the way they are. <laughs> that's, that's the spiritual tourism. But the aspect I'm going to talk about is based on a process that happens within all of us. And, and many of us start off as spiritual tourists. That's really the way I started off. I started off interested in the possibilities of how things in my life could change for the better based on certain spiritual practices. That's how it all started, right? So really what we're starting with in a lot of cases is how to micromanage the ego and make it more comfortable, right? That's it's, it's really funny from the perspective I'm sitting now because it's kind of like a moth to the flame. It's like, oh, the, the moth is like, oh, I love the fire. I love the fire. It's so warm, so comfortable, and eventually gets burned up in the fire, and then <laughs> there's no moth left. So that's really kind of a funny sort of thing. So you get enticed at first. And really what we're going to talk about today is the three different types of students or stages. You could look at it that way as well as stages of you in your spiritual journey. Now, one of the first aspects that is most common is the Brahma aspect. Now the Brahma is the creator aspect of the universe. It's the, it's the God guy with the beard, you know, the guy that's creating things and, and, and you know, making earth and making animals and, and making wishes come true, you know. He's the guy you pray to when you want things. That's why Brahma is known as the grantor of boons. He basically says, oh, okay, you want something? All right, do this certain spiritual practice and I'll give you that thing. But Brahma is also associated as the only deity that lies. He's the only deity that is actually caught in a lie, right? And he's also the one that basically gives you what you want and tells you what you want to hear. So he's also the father of stories. He'll tell stories and things. So he's like that best friend that always agrees with you in a, in a certain way. I mean, you could look at it from this perspective, but also Brahma is the expert in the intricacies of illusion and knowing how this illusion all goes together. Right? He's, he's the micromanager of all this place. So he's not bad. It's just that he is also in the illusion with you in your incarnation of the ego. He really represents the ego and the micromanaging of the ego, which is why a lot of times when people want to maintain their ego and they want to make it better, Brahma at first can be seen as the path to take. Right? So uh, spiritual teachers that are really liked a lot really cater to this Brahma aspect because they're basically giving students what they want. They're not saying, no, no, you have to face this, you have to face that. No, they're just saying, okay, no, that's very much uh, great. Whatever way you are right now is fine. Uh, let's just help you with whatever desire you have right now. And, and you know, you have a desire and then Brahma's granting it, right? So the Brahma type teacher is helping you do this. Perhaps by giving you a spiritual practice, perhaps by making a mosquito land on your head, I don't know. <laughs> But basically, Brahma is helping you with whatever it is you want. 
So a teacher that has the Brahma aspect very strong, maybe a very popular teacher because you know how it is, popularity contest is about who likes you and usually people who like you are uh, people that you're doing whatever they want. <laughs> They're usually people that you're enslaved by. So in this aspect, Brahma is not necessarily about enlightenment, but about cleaning up the ego a little bit, maybe, maybe making it more pleasant. Except for, of course, when you get to the deeper level of Brahma, which is the realization of where true creation itself comes from, and then you basically realize that the grand infinite potentiality is where creation comes from, because true creation happens from creating out of nothing. That's really creating, right? If you're creating out of something, you're not necessarily creating. You're, you're micromanaging or you're fixing or you're changing or you're improving, but you're not really creating. Creating, by its very definition, is making something out of nothing, right? You're creating something. So once you realize this principle, you automatically realize the Shiva principle, which is the grand infinite potentiality, the grand consciousness, the, the emptiness, the, the everything, the impossibility that, that threads through everything that is beyond the mind, right? So I'm going to get to Shiva in a second here, but the next level of student is the Krishna type student or the Vishnu type student, the student that is about not necessarily fixing things up, but about maintaining the status quo, but it's very much about the heart. It's very much about the experience, increasing the experience through the heart. At first, in some of the students, at a superficial level, they think that this means everybody gets along. <laughs> and of course, as you chant these heart mantra uh, disciplines, you start to find out the truth of that really quickly, that not everybody gets along when they're in the heart. Sometimes honesty becomes a very strong <laughs> attribute that can cause conflict and, and make things very personal. But as you go deeper and deeper into the heart level, into this Vishnu level, you again will realize the Shiva level. And how this happens is you start to have this intense feeling of love or devotion towards some aspect. And this fly is going to realize its devotion towards me pretty quickly because uh, it is going to go into a Shiva state very quickly if it keeps on landing on my head. So <laughs> this is a good example of this. <laughs> Sometimes people are begging for Shiva and uh, they're doing it through relationships. So with the Vishnu aspect or with the Krishna aspect or with the heart aspect, you become so devoted towards what you are perceiving that you forget you, that you no longer exist, but just the object of your devotion is everything. And then you become one. So basically you disappear altogether which again is the Shiva aspect of the ego. Your, your own ego just totally disappears. And that's how devotion really works as a spiritual path in that way, once it's at the higher levels. At the superficial levels though, on the ego level, it will be, I want to maintain everything as it is. I want my relationships to be the same. I want everybody to get along. I want everybody to be a certain way, right? So the ego will try to take hold of the spiritual path and make it into its own sort of thing, right? So <laughs> as you go further along the path, the, the, the reality of a heart or devotion discipline will show itself to you because you just, you just fall into the fires of what it is you're devoted towards. Maybe it's just the universe itself. Maybe it's the God intelligence. Maybe there's an aspect or a deity or an angel or, or maybe a spiritual guru or whatever it may be, but your love itself consumes your ego in that fire and then your ego is gone. It's just basically obliterated, which again leads you to the Shiva principle, right? So the Shiva principle, this is the thing. <laughs> the Shiva principle is usually what people are avoiding. 
they're avoiding because they're avoiding their own destruction. But ironically, when they go along the Brahma aspect, which is nothing but approving things, you know, uh, creating things and, and doing lots of stuff and playing in a very joyous sort of way, uh, maybe a very genius way, maybe a very mystical or spiritualized point of view, maybe uh, maybe part genius. You know, Brahma also represents the genius inside you. Uh, when you're creating along that, at some point, it seems like you're just going to create and you're going to stay in this sort of reality, but at some point you realize the truth and then you end up achieving it, right? So my whole point is that you end up, at some point, letting go of everything. And that is the Shiva aspect. And that is the, the other path I'm going to speak about, which is the letting go of you. The letting go of everything that you think is you, internally. So there's an internal death, not a physical death. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily interested in spirituality that tune into this channel and sometimes they misunderstand. They're like, oh, I got to physically die. No, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about internally your point of view. You let go of your point of view. You let go of the I. You let go of the thought form. You let go of perception itself. And the I itself turns inward and then obliterates, you could say. And then this new awareness bursts forth which is unrestricted. And that's really the enlightenment aspect. That's, that's really what we're speaking about. So what I have encountered over the years of teaching and there are many discussions about this, and also I have observed this pattern within myself in the beginning stages of my process, is that most people avoid the path, but yet they are on the path especially in the beginning, they, they basically are saying, I want to learn a bunch of information about spirituality or about mantra, or maybe about this or about that. Or I want to learn about religious aspects of devotion. I want to learn about the heart. I want to know things through my mind. But the reality of surrender is always avoided by the ego. So these same people that are on the path are avoiding the surrender into the infinite. And there are a lot of defense mechanisms that pop up based on this. But if you are doing this, you are avoiding your own evolution. And that's okay, you can do that. You don't have to evolve in a certain spiritual enlightenment point of view because sometimes there are other things that you want to enjoy, right? Nobody can blame a frog when it's going across a swamp for leaping on a lily pad and taking a rest there for a period of time, right? Nobody can blame you for that. If, if that's where your heart is, then I say that's the right thing. But if you truly want enlightenment, if you truly want it so badly where you are done with this game, find out where you are still attaching to maintaining the status quo in any aspect of your life. And just find out where you're trying to maintain, where there's fear, where there's some sort of need or desire that says, I must maintain things even though I'm miserable with them. And let that go. Right? This is necessary. This is, this is where you can create massive, massive leaps in your spiritual evolution at a very fast rate. There is the three aspects. There's the expression and the maintenance and then the destruction. So the life and death, life and death, life and death. This must happen in your spiritual process as well. So, so many people, they, they jump on the spiritual path and they say, I want my ego and I just want to improve it. I just want to improve my ego. But then they want their ego, like say they're a human being, right? But they say, I want to fly across the sky, or I want to swim underwater and breathe the water, right? I'm using metaphors, of course. We know the human body will have certain limitations. 
the human physical body itself will have certain limitations. So the only way in order to overcome those limitations is to become something else entirely. Which means you must let go of this and then allow the new creation to burst forth. Now it's like this very much in your life. A lot of people have careers, they have relationships, they have things that they're not happy with. They have a whole life based on maintenance and maintaining this illusion, maintaining their level of suffering. But they're not willing to let go of that and then see what emerges when they truly are surrendered. When they truly are allowing the magnificence of infinite possibility to come through. Right? But at first you must let go in order for something new to emerge. And it's the letting go where people get stuck. And that's where sometimes if you have a teacher, if you have the blessing of a teacher that's not afraid of losing you as a student, <laughs> then they will come in and show you very aggressively where you're holding on and they'll just take a hammer and just keep on hammering those little fingers until you let go. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, uh, somebody holding on to, I don't know, uh, the, the post when they're trying to go on a roller coaster and you're like, no, no, just get on the roller coaster. And you're just hammering their hands so they can't so they have to let go. It's kind of like that. And if you are lucky enough to have a teacher that is willing to make that sacrifice to you and, and to deal with all the, you know, the scratch marks down their face in order to get you to let go, uh, you have received a divine gift. So another thing I want to talk about is that if you are one of these lucky, lucky, lucky people, I mean, and, and I guarantee you're probably perceiving yourself as very unlucky when I talk about this situation, but if your entire life is going to hell right now, if your relationships are crap, your job is crap, your, your entire life just feels like crap, and you're able to let go, you're like, well, you know, it's all shit anyway, there's nothing I can do about it. You are blessed, this is grace. This is amazing, amazing grace. Just like the song, amazing grace. This is actually what it looks like. It's not, <laughs> it's not always so easy, right? It'll look like, like nothing is, is satisfactory to you. Everything is horrible. Everything is crap. And this is an easy time for you to let go of micromanaging your illusion. Like I was talking about before is that a lot of people think that they can fix something up and make it into something else, but you cannot do that. True transformation has to happen after or has to happen through destruction of the status quo so that way something new can emerge. But you can't hold on to both. Transformation happens when the previous thing is totally destroyed and then something brand new emerges. If you just want change, that's different. That's not necessarily enlightenment and you will be limited. If I have a car and I drive the car, we know the car's not going to go underwater and we know the car's not going to fly in the air because it's still a car. So maybe I could add some wings to it. Maybe I can add a different engine to it. Maybe I could do some things and maybe I can almost pretend it's a bird or maybe pretend it's a fish, but it's not. In order for it to become those things, it has to totally transform, which means something new has to be here altogether. So you destroy the first expression and then the new one comes outwards. So if you want miracles in your life, you must let go of the status quo so that way something new can emerge. And this is the Shiva principle. This is where all the miracles are. The miracles come from the infinite potentiality, right? And that fly is just begging, begging to experience it. <laughs> Through its own death, it will come forth as a bunny rabbit after I am done with that fly. <laughs> this is really how it works. I mean, it's, it's really just the cycle of the universe, the, the way that things work. Like, a day of Brahma is over four billion years. And that's just the daytime, that's not including the night. 
So if the day and the night is over 8 billion years long and uh, Brahma lives, you know, several hundred years or whatever, I can't remember exactly, so don't quote me on that, but lives for quite a long time. But it's still finite, you see? If you want to experience the infinite, you must allow the destruction to happen of the finite and then a larger level of the infinite will incarnate through the Brahma aspect. So letting go, letting go. Don't be afraid of the death process of the ego because it just brings more freedom to you and brings more bliss and spaciousness. And something magical is, is bursts forth from you, basically. It's just something magical bursts forth in your life and in the expression. So don't be afraid of the new expression. Don't be afraid of the destruction of the old so that way the new can emerge. <sighs> I hope this helps you out. Thanks a lot for watching and uh, I'll see you soon. Those of you who are interested in taking a formal course on awakening, enlightenment, and healing and spirituality, my teacher, Aratima, she offers an online course, an official course called the Wisdom Live School. So make sure you check out her website if you are interested in taking some sort of formal training, and it's at aratima.com.